Welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out. Announcement. The name of this show is changing. It is no longer going to be the Gridiron Stud Show. The Gridiron Stud Show will still be around, but that'll be a different show. We, Amel, are now going to be called Two Chumps Podcast. So, <laughs> Which is appropriate because we are two chumps like the rest of you. Two we're chumps. chumps. We, were, we were named as much uh, by my brother, Danny Fight, and I thought it went well. Uh, I thought it stuck. And so we're going to run with that. Didn't need to separate this from the Gridiron Stud Show anyway, which is a show where I talk about recruiting and what's going on a little bit more in depth in college football. Here on the Two Chums Podcast, we will dig into all kind of things. Today, we are mostly on college football, probably exclusively on college football, Emil, because the season is now upon us. We were lamenting, if I can use that word, um, you guys... Some of y'all may need to look that one up. Yeah, look that one up. Um, but when the season ended, which seemed not too long ago, about, you know, we're going to be missing college football. Well, we've gone through all the summers and everything else, and we are back. So college football is back, and we're here to talk about it today with our annual college football conference preview. So Emil and I are going to dig into the – oh, not too deep because uh, Emil and I will probably kick this off with a little discussion about what's going on in college football. It's going to probably prevent us from going super deep into these conferences. I have to interrupt you. You know what we, we, I was thinking about? We were talking years ago. Now, it's probably at this point, these shows, you know, we've been doing this quite a while. It's probably going on six years now, maybe. And we started doing those things. You, you, you did the original where you had the 64 teams, 16 in each region, yes. and all that stuff. And I was talking to a guy the other day who's a big college football fan, and uh, he's like, you know, I think we're just getting up like the NFL. And I said, it's funny you say that. I said, because years ago, a friend of mine and I said the same thing, and, and there are people who laughed at us, and I truly believe when this shakes out, and I don't know, it's happening quickly, so I'm going to say down the road, but might not be that far down the road. I think you're going to end up with three conferences with 20 to 24 teams each, and I think they're only going to play each other. I think that's where it's going to end up. You're not going to have a lot of these games we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. They're going to start to go away as they start to consolidate power. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, I kind of feel like we're moving to a, a two-conference situation with 24 teams in each. I kind of feel like that's the route that we're going in. Um, of course, that would require, right now it seems there's three very motivated conferences. That's the SEC, that's the Big Ten, and that's the Big 12. The ACC is still trying to figure out if they want to be in this whole thing um, as a couple of their members are being tugged at. Um, we've all, we've seen what's happened to the Pac-12, and you and I will get into that in a moment. But it seems like the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC are the most motivated. I have my doubts as to the strength and viability of the Big 12 going forward. Losing Texas and Oklahoma is a big blow to them. And now trying to pull in, at this point, they're pulling in castaways, if I can use that, from other conferences. And eventually, as money starts changing hands and the powerful media outlets that are behind these conferences really start to get their way, I have a feeling like the Big 12 might not 
be able to hang together with that. Well, yeah, and I, and I, you're probably right. And maybe the name, see, we, we, we may be getting caught up here is I think the SEC and the Big Ten will stay permanently. Where I say a third conference, I, I look at this and say there's probably 60 to 70 teams without getting into the details today that can kind of play in this arena and would be part of it for either their performance on the field or the media market they bring, okay, mm -hmm. one or the other, like Rutgers, not to pick on Rutgers. Rutgers brings a big media market in, right. whether they play well or not, you know. Yes. So I think there's probably 60 to 70 teams, and when you look at the way you form a conference, I think, at you know, you kind of, at least in my view, cap out around 24. So I kind of feel like somewhere we're going to end up with a big 10 with 24 teams, that sounds funny. The mm -hmm. SEC with 24 teams and some other entity, whatever they call themselves eventually, with a similar amount. And we're just going to end up with this semi-pro league, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. analogy that plays for a championship because they're football, quote-unquote, football schools. And I think then there's going to be a division of not quite what we used to call one AA, you know, with Northern – Arizona playing Eastern Washington, but there's going to be this subdivision one where these guys have their own set of rules and they play each other with the Bowling Greens and the Mac. I don't teams. like. Oh, what, where do you think we're going to draw the line here? Do you think it's the top 48, as I think you and I have tried to do on a show, where we where we you know we had an ultimate conference and we put teams in? Do you think there's a 48 and we say that that's a league? And then right below that are going to be the guys that didn't make it into yeah. that first 48. Like, I mean, it's all going to be, let's face it, we don't know the answer because it's going to be driven by money. It's going to be driven by what the T, the TV network seem to be driving these deals through, through the money they spend. So who knows where they're going to cut off and maybe they'll allow games where Boise state can play Alabama. Maybe that they'll unlike one, but you're, I think the one double A, what you and I old timers would call our FCS, mm -hmm. that's going to go away. I don't think you're going to see these games in November where an SEC team rolls in a team from from FCS to, to – I think those games – you may see that division we're talking about that didn't make the cut for the upper echelon, almost like the – the, the the Premier League in England. You know, you got your 20 teams in the Premier League. Some type League. of relegation deal. Yeah, and I think... Is that a bad thing, though? Would, would it be such a bad thing if we blended together the, let's just call them the outside 48 um, teams with what is currently the FCS and just, we have a situation where, uh you know, a Georgia Southern is in a conference, let's say, with Bowling Green. No, that I'm okay with that. I just what I'm trying to say is I think you're the days are numbered for when we're going to see Alabama play Citadel in Citadel. week. Nine. I think those days and Nick Nick said as much. He's like, you know, a couple it might have been last summer. He said, listen, I'm gonna put those games on the schedule because they're the rules you're telling me to play by to determine a champion, but I don't think it's necessarily good for the sport. Yeah. And that's kind of how he's approached all these changes yeah. in college football. He said, well, you know, let me caution you guys against doing this. But if this is what you want to do, expect me to exploit it and use it to the fullest of my abilities. And I don't really want to hear you guys complaining about it down the road because I gave you forewarning. So, listen, you're putting this gun in my hand and it's uh, an automatic weapon. And I'm telling you, with an automatic weapon, I could mow down a lot of you. 
if you guys want to make this legal, that's fine. Just please know that if you give me an automatic yeah. weapon, I plan on using it. I'm not going to say, oh, hey, you know, I was in the Marines, so maybe I shouldn't have this automatic weapon as you guys come at me. No, right. I'm going to use it and blow you guys away. Is that really what I, you want? Is that what you want? Right. And I think, yeah. and I think that, you know, using Citadel, not to pick on, on Citadel, because we could be any... But it's any, as lopsided as can come to mind, sure. Right, but any FCF school, you know, there's always the people that will tell you, oh, but, you know, that helps them pay for their program. So what you're telling me is you're going to send your kids mm. down to Georgia or Alabama to get the holy hell beat out of them because you need money? I mean, that that's adults in the room? Having been on that side of the coin, that is really how these teams look at it. Um, I don't know if that's a long-term view, but for a lot of these schools, I feel like, or at least the case was obviously in, in when I was at Long Beach State, went and played the University of Miami where I ended up going. But at the time, I believe they paid us two hundred and fifty, maybe $300,000. And it was obvious that the program needed it or the program wasn't going to survive. I don't know if that's the case for a Citadel but I would think probably for not. The Citadel's a military school. It's probably I think it's a relatively wealthy school, so we're using them probably incorrectly on our podcast. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe if it's a Northeast Louisiana or something yeah. of that, you know, yeah, yeah. State who's been prone to playing teams like LSU. Maybe you the program as a whole. I'm not just talking about football. Your entire athletic program would would need that million dollars or that you know whatever it is, one point two million dollars that you're going to get from an Alabama or an LSU to not only support your football team, but enhance your entire athletic budget. So you can have track, you can have women's basketball, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a, there's a whole view there. Well, I, do agree. I think those days are numbered because I just, I don't. think they are. I, I think they are. Now these conferences, schools like the ones we've mentioned are going to have to find other ways. I mean, I'll give you an example as a fan this week. Um, USC doesn't play FCS schools, but they have San Jose State coming in, who had a good team last year, I believe it was last year before. And then the week after, they have Nevada. I got zero interest in watching. The, I'll watch the game highlights. I, I'm not going to hang around on Saturday to make sure I'm home to see USC as a 31-point favorite play San Jose State. Um, I'm trying to think of the type of fan that watches that. Obviously, parents, um, a situation uh, I've been I, in. And I, I'm not criticizing years ago. I would have watched it. I'm just telling you, I already know the result. It's just a matter of what. Maybe you want to see if Caleb Williams can throw for 400 yards in that game. or Yeah, well, I'm not criticizing people who watch it. I'm saying me as super, you know me, I'm a pretty big fan. Yes. Uh, I'll check the score on my phone, see what's happening, but I'm not going to. Well, let me ask you a question. Is that a, is that is that not part of the reason? You could see the highlights on YouTube whenever you want. You don't have to be sitting in front of the television at 11:17 p.m. on the East Coast to catch the highlights or be on ESPN. It's a big part of the, it's a big part of it. There's no doubt about it, but if that was a, a, a conference game or a game with even somebody I, I I feel could put up more of a fight, boy, will I look silly if if this goes sideways, huh? On Saturday, <laughs> but hardly. But, uh, yeah, I think you're safe, but I think I'm safe. But we'll see. Um, but I'm saying, if it was somebody I felt could put up more of a fight, you best believe I'd be there watching the game as it happened. You know that. You know me. Yeah, ab absolutely. You're listening to the Two Chumps podcast with Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. If you missed the announcement in the beginning, we were switching this from the Gridiron Stud Show to the Two Chumps podcast. Um, Obviously, we've jumped right into it here, but coming up on the show, we are going to give you our conference by conference of the Power Fives. Um, 
preview. I, you know, I caution against using that word. We're going to probably go through it rather quick, but we're going to talk about what some potential surprises may be in college football this year, among some other things and some games that we're looking forward to. But, uh, you know, before we get into into that, Amal, let's talk a little bit about what has happened to um, your beloved Pac-12 conference and a conference I have. I love How about poor Bill Walton? I mean, this guy must be a warning. Have you ever watched a, a Pac-12 basketball game with Bill Walton? He says, literally, if he doesn't say it 100 times during the broadcast, okay, that would be my over-under. The Conference of Champions. <laughs> well, you know, we don't know how many – drugs bill walton took in in that era um and he tends to speak in in huge terms but yeah he's probably pounded a drink i, I felt it was doomed the minute that i didn't think it would go, happen this quickly i have to say that no way i felt it was doomed the minute usc and ucla went to the big 10 i kind of looked at the conference and i said you know Where's the money going to come from for the TV rights? You know, you could you could talk about Oregon and Washington all you want. They have great programs, but that's not, not media market. Yeah, not a media market. Not the media market. But Emil, prior to that even happening, you and I have been discussing um, what's been going on in that conference, the poor moves that were made by the previous um, conference commissioner, Larry Scott, putting USC, just putting any college football game from this conference on a Friday night, but in particular, your marquee program on a Friday night is a bad move. Um, and well, listen of- to this one. Wait, before you even go further, do you know that they, I read this and you may have read this too, either last year or 2021, they turned down an offer from ESPN for something like 25 to 30 million per member. They turned it down for the TV deal. They did because Larry Scott felt like they could do better with just their own network. And maybe, all right, before we stomp on his head, because there'll be plenty to trample upon that man's head about, but maybe at the time he said, well, you know, we're kind of looking at what Notre Dame has, and maybe it was on the surface a good idea for them. What he may not have been able to anticipate is ESPN saying, okay, well, you don't want us to be involved in your Pac-12 network in any kind of way. We will now turn our attention elsewhere. And, you know, ESPN has not made a ton of great moves in recent history, but one of the great ones was saying, we're going to turn our attention college football-wise towards the SEC, where that thing seems to be a religion for those member schools and their fans. And as a result... They have been able to, with their with their money and influence, push that conference kind of to where it is today. And since yeah. they have no interest at all whatsoever in the Pac-12, it has now set the Pac-12 into an orbit. And it's my understanding, Emil, and you know more about this, that Larry Scott was of the mindset that he would make all sports equal in 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 the Pac-12. Um, women's sports with men's sports. Uh, water polo, baseball with basketball and football. This was the grand idea that this. And without getting it, without getting, without turning this into a political show, that's a little bit more of that left coast mindset. Uh, Liberal equity, 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 equality, and inclusion, which is a nice phrase terminology and everything, but not everything is equal. Nor can it all. Nothing is equal. Nothing Nothing is equal. 
So if you think that that you're going to make any of those other sports on par with college football and basketball, football being number one by a wide margin, you're completely naive and misled. You hit on an earlier point. You can't take your biggest brand, and no matter what Oregon wants to think, the Pac-12's anchor brand is USC in football. And in basketball, it's UCLA and maybe Arizona, but you can't put those teams in goofy time slots playing games because eventually, you know, someone's going to get to USC and they did. Carol Folk became the president. And I don't know who gave the directive, but somebody looked and said, we're not playing Friday night football games anymore. I, I'm, we're done with this. <laughs> I would have to. Yeah. I would have to think the PAC 12 network said, man, we're not really getting much out of this. No one's watching it. Our advertisers are not getting their bang for the buck. We're not going to get these guys back. I mean, we ask a, we, I'm sure they ask a pretty penny to be, on a broadcast that has USC on it, quite frankly, no one's watching it. I have a friend of mine who has a son that goes to USC. He also had a younger son that's playing high school football. And he said, I think this is crap that I have to decide between going to my younger son's football game on Friday night or my older son's USC football game. How did I end up in this position? I thought I was safe with one in high school. Yeah, you know, you tell the audience who haven't been following us two chumps how big of a USC fan I am, but I'm telling you when there was games on that, at, at that 10 30 time slot, if it wasn't a game that I thought they could lose, I mean, I, I'm out at halftime when they're up by 10 and I'm, I'm going to assume they win. I mean, I, you're up till two in the morning. You're up till two in the morning. And listen, if you've, if you've got a job on the West coast in California and your quitting time is six, 6.30, and you got to leave Los Angeles to go to the Valley, you might not even catch the beginning of that football game. So it was just bad choices all the way around. We are now seeing the ramifications. And I think, you know what, it's, I think that's just the way the free market works. I hate to go this route, but I think the Pac-12, unfortunately, based on the poor decisions they've made over a long period of time, ended up where they where they deserve to be as far as football goes. I can't speak. The other sports that they're very good at, I feel bad for because it is the conference of champions, the top three NCAA champions in terms of totals are Stanford, UCLA and USC. And it's a wide margin. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the, I mean, again, men's water polo is not men's football. So not even close, you know, uh, off by a long shot. So Larry Scott experimented with an entire conference um, and with the lives of many, many people. And now it is a uh, kind of change. I'm just thinking about this from a parent perspective if my son goes to UCLA and he's now in the Big Ten and he's got a game against Maryland and he's got a game against Rutgers and both of those games happen to be road games, you know, four or five of those road games are going to be a pretty good distance. And that's that's kind of a hardship. On, Do you want me to pick one of them for you? Go to the Maryland game. <laughs> you know, here – you go to the Rutgers game, you're near New York City, though, if you're trying to make it. True. That's the good good point. I mean, I've, I've been, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I, like, I, I, I'm having some fun here because Pennsylvania, you got to know the history. I'm from Pennsylvania, and we have a little thing with New Jersey, okay? so I'm from New York City. You think we don't have a thing yeah, with New I Jersey? Yeah, I know, I know. So, Every, don't we have some lists we're going to hit before we do these picks? Because I have some interesting things I want to talk about on my list. Um, listen, we're gonna, we're, we want to talk about the top five surprises, potentially. 
in college football this year. I think we can kind of work that into our conference by conference. So maybe we go. Yeah, maybe, maybe I we think go, we can. <laughs> yeah, maybe we go conference for conference here. And we'll start off with the beloved Pac-12. We'll start on the West and head East. Of course, we're going to say the two biggest conferences for last. Are you a guy that can predict the future or may have a mean poker face? How about a love for horses or you just know who's going to win the game? Don't just be a profit, make a profit. And you can do that when you open an account at Bovada Sportsbook and Casino today. Whether it's getting down on the gridiron action, wiping out the dealer in a card game, making some change on the race of the ponies, or cashing in on celebrity events, Bovada Casino is the place for you to draw your line. Since 2011, Bovada has been a leader in the online casino industry, spearheaded by their top-of-the-line customer service, easy deposit, secure payouts, and great welcome bonuses. Head over to Bovada now to see what they're offering you to come in and scratch that itch you're having. Click on the link in the description and tell them the Gridiron Stud Show sent you. Big 10, SEC, so I think we go Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, and then we work our way into um, the Big Ten and end with the SEC in terms of what what we think is going to happen. If we're starting with the Pac-12, I got to tell you, I'm always, believe it or not, hesitant to support my teams when I do picks. But I, I really like the way USC schedule sets up this year, and I'll tell you why. To me, their biggest threat in that conference this year is Washington. I really believe that. And I think Washington being a home game, number one, I like that. I'm not as worried as a USC fan. I think Oregon will be a good team. I'm not sold on, on, on Oregon. I mean, last year I thought they underperformed. I thought they probably – last year going in, I thought they should have won if, – if, you know, I thought they probably should have won the conference on paper. Um, I think Utah is going to take a little step back. They'll still be formidable, but they've got to come to the Coliseum this year. And I love USC's first six games. Because a, a fan would say, well, their last six are, are tough. You know, they play Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, UCLA. But the first six allow them to build what they need to build, which is momentum defensively. Mm. They brought in some people defensively. They brought in some. You'd some express people. some disdain for that unit last year. I did. And I like Especially what they during the bowl game. And you knew what would happen, right? I mean, he was going to get players. Okay, so he's got that kid from A&M, Lucas, a former five-star coming in. Got the kid from... Uh, Bear Alexander from Georgia, who was a menace in that TCU game, if you go watch it, mm -hmm. uh, brought in the linebacker from Oklahoma State, who was all Big 12. And I think the USC defense will be much improved. It doesn't need to be the Georgia defense. It needs to be something that's a speed bump. In other words, you can't score every time you get the ball. If you're 50% there, you're good, because guess what? Their USC is going to score a lot of points. Mm. Um, yes, very West Coast of them. Yes. But, um, so, so I, I, I like them to actually win the conference this year. I, I, I think they'll be uh, – well, they were they were 10-1 going into – 11-1 going into the last game last year. I think they're going to be a 12-1 team. Yeah, I, I keep all these thoughts to a 12-game schedule. So, you know, sure. some – you know, it keeps it everything uniform for me. I'm going to just right off the bat agree with you. I think USC is your champion in the Pac-12, but I'm going to I'm going to say, apart from what you're talking about, I think Oregon is uh, going to be their their biggest challenger there. And okay. if there's any reason why um, USC doesn't achieve what they want to achieve this year, I think Oregon would be the case. Last year, you had a brand new coach in Dan Lanning, and 
they were able to do some really good things with a brand new head coach this year, a little more comfortable. Um, it still is Oregon. I think Dan Lanning brings something to Oregon that I think they needed, which was a little bit more defense, which improves the overall toughness of this team. We kind of saw that happen with Utah. So I like the fact that they're going to be playing a little bit better on defensively without losing a whole lot of what they were offensively. So I think they're the threat. I don't have um, high hopes for Washington. Um, maybe you I think, think they were, you think they were a little bit of a one-off last year. I thought so. You know, that that's how I felt. I still think Utah is going to be a big factor in this. You know, they've got well, they're always going to play physical. Utah's always going to. Yeah, which allows them to win on any given week in the Pac-12. Sure. In any given week, they can turn into this team that's just going to start off, find out if you really want to play football. And if you're not, if you're not in that mindset, whether you're USC or you're Oregon or you're anyone else who thinks they're big and bad UCLA in this conference. If they come to you on that given day when you're playing that game and ask and try to find out if you want to play football and there's any doubt, Utah could beat you. No, I, you know, my team. only thing with them, and I, again, I don't, I think the one, my first statement, I don't think is me being a homer. The first game they beat USC by one in Utah, there was just two horrendous roughing the passer calls and that totally changed that game. I mean, they and there's nothing to say. Given the Pac-12, you won't get those. Same no, there's not. I'm again. saying, though, and against just... USC, by the way, who is leaving the conference? I really want to pay attention to what is called and how yes. things are officiated for USC. But they're and... all leaving the conference now, so it's going to be pretty hard because there's well, only they, they, as you said, kind of spearheaded all of this. Sure. So and, it'd be interesting and, but to but see don't how forget, that second game they were having their way with Utah when he pulled when when Williams pulled his hamstring and even playing on one leg that game was a three point game with eight minutes left and then it went that USC defense reared its ugly head last year and that game got out of control in the last eight minutes I think Oregon I can see even more than Utah to your point I think Utah is going to take a little step back I don't mean they're going to be bad but this conference it's actually a shame it's going away because they're starting to. Oregon State's going to be tough. That's how I felt. They yeah. were starting to get a little bit wider at the top where you could have some yes. really good battles. It's just a shame that this is the point in time. And I think UCLA might take a step back this year because they lose two key pieces that were, were underrated on that team. DTR and Charbonnet hurts. And yes. the tight end leaving. The is. tight end and the quarterback. You know, he was a gamer, that kid. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who, by the way, is doing well in preseason football. Yeah, he was it. a gamer, and I think losing that is going to be a, a little much for UCLA to, to overcome. So, I'm, you know, I like, I like USC to win the conference, and one of my surprises in this conference, because it's one of my – in our top five surprises, I think fans are way, too, way over their skis on Colorado. And as and you know, I like Dion. D, I'm like you. D, I'm a Dion fan, but I think fans have gotten over their skis with with you know. Could Colorado chat? Colorado, like we talked about a few shows ago, we took a lot of the summer off. But Colorado, to me, if they win five games, Dion did great work. I want to say the over under is five and a half. Um, I don't know if you've got. I don't care what the over. I'm telling you, if that man gets that team to five and seven. Congratulations. He had a great first year there. Yeah, I have them down here on paper going four and eight through 12 yeah. games. Well, we talked about it. We went through the whole schedule. And, and none of that's changed for me, really, even no. though he's been able to really raid the the transfer portal. 
Amo, we've been watching this thing for a while now. You know what I mean? You've earned your gray hairs. I've earned mine. I don't care how you construct a team in that first year. These minds and souls have to come together. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Is Dion the man for the job? Yes. Does that mean that stuff's going to happen instantly? No. It's ironic that a lot of people, Colorado fans, which have come out of the woodwork, um, have popped out of the snow, uh, have pointed towards TCU as a model as to what could happen. Because you remember 2021 TCU versus Sure. Ironically enough, TCU is waiting for you there, game one, to show you yeah. this is yeah, yeah, younger fans probably don't remember the days, but Colorado used to have a really good program. So there are a lot of Colorado fans. It's a big school. So it's not like it, it, they were slumbering, but they always had a good fan base. So we'll see. Listen, I like Dion and I, I want to see Colorado be competitive again in football. So I just think it's going to be a disappointment for people out there who think that Colorado's going nine and three or something like that. If they do, you can, you can bring this podcast up and say, say I was a chump. <laughs> well, I'm on another podcast uh, called Footballville, and the question was asked about Colorado, for which I gave my honest opinion on, and it was posted on the Instagram account. And lo and behold, um, my comments and the host co-host comments made it to the desk of Deion Sanders who commented. Uh, so, you know, he was, he said, th you know, thanks for the, what was the, I, I don't remember the exact quote he, um, or, or the exact comment that he posted on the Instagram post, but I think it was something along the lines was for thanks for the motivation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know what, he's a coach and a competitor and that's what he's going to He say. has to be. Yeah. Optimistic. As I'm sure if I put, if I put him under truth serum, he knows enough about football that maybe he's going six and six, but I don't think Dion's telling me he's going nine and three. Okay. Yeah, I think they're a four and seven team. I would consider that a great accomplishment. It would be a 400% improvement on what they had last year. Why don't we do this? Do you have a conference pest? Do you have a Pac 12 conference pest? Uh, to me, the conference pest, just the way they play, is Oregon State. I think Oregon State is one of those teams that. I, you know, look at what last year up in Corvallis, right? Now, you got a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Caleb Williams. He needs to get pushed forward on a fourth down to get a first down, throws a dime on the next play. He looked bad all night up there. It was a 17-14 game, and this was a team that was scoring 40-some points a game. When you play them up there, especially up there, They've been a at night years. too, by the way. At a night game in 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 Corvallis is tough. Hey, it took a one of those great USC teams. It took a Reggie Bush punt return in the fog up there to really win it, like an eight point game back in the day. I mean, it's just a tough place to play, and they have a a nice team. They they're physical. They're built more like a Utah. They really are. So to me, they're the conference pest. Uh, I, I listen, I agree with you. So no need to go any further there. That's our thoughts on the PAC 12. Let's, you know what? Let's fly all the way back over to the East. I know I said we'd do the big 12 next, but let's skip over them since they're, I, they're one of the motivated three. We're going to go to ACC football right now and talk about what's going to go on there. I'll start off here. Emil. one of my surprises is in this conference. I'll get to that in a moment. But I think AC, uh, I think the ACC this year is Florida State's conference. I thought Florida State ended the season last year as perhaps one of the you know five top teams in college football. Uh, you know, I'd said the the year before that Florida State was on the rise and there were going to be a problem because though they weren't actually getting the results on the field, they were playing hard. And lo and behold, 
that showed itself to be in a, in a big way last season as they ended this thing, you know, really, really well. They ended as, as I said, one of the strongest teams in college football. I think that continues this year. They've got dynamic playmaker at quarterback that can make anything happen at any moment. Um, of course, Florida state always has talent on the football field. Now it's all playing together and they have a common goal and they're still going to play great defense. So I think this is Florida state's conference to win. I think the ACC, if I'm not correct, Emil, I can't keep up with all of the changes that have gone on in college football, but I believe the ACC is a one, um, division conference. So it's just going to boil down to the two top teams. So that says, t- what do, what do I think about Clemson? I, Clemson is a, in my mind, a declining empire. Um, they did their thing for a while. Are they falling off the cliff? No, but slowly but surely, Emil, they're pulling back from the mountaintop that they were on. I, I think they lose to Florida State this year. Um, I don't know. that I, If there is a conference game, and I feel foolish for not knowing that, if there is a conference championship game, I'm not even sure, Emil, that Clemson is in it because I have a surprise as to who I think is going to end up in a See, this is where you and I are going to part ways a little on this one. I – for some reason, and I think Florida State's going to be a really good team. Their schedule sets up well, but their entire season, really, because they don't have a lot of meat on the bone in the schedule. I mean, I'm pulling up Florida State's schedule here, and the problem is it's it's all September. I mean, if you if if they don't get through September, winning one or both of those big games, playing LSU and, and then at Clemson. They don't really have any place to make it up after that because they play Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt. Okay, Pitt. Um, I don't know what Miami's going to be this year. It's a rivalry game. I want Miami to be good because I, I like Miami, but I, I don't know. Then they play North Alabama and Florida. I don't know. I think Clemson's going to win this division. You know, if you look at the way Clemson's season went last year, they had no offense for much of the season. As the season went on, they started to get a little better offensively. The defense never went away. I mean, I think it's it's a two-team race. I, to me, it's it's a Clemson-Florida State conference. I know you have a surprise, and I want to hear it. Um, my pest in the conference is Louisville. I think Louisville will be a pest. They're just a pain to play. Uh, they, they usually have athletes at Louisville. You can look around the NFL. There's enough guys from Louisville. And I, I think they're the kind of team, if they catch you, on a certain night and things are clicking, they can be a real problem. But for me, I, I'm going to go Clemson this year. Over, I'm gonna, You and I are going to part ways on that one. Yeah, I just don't like the direction Clemson's been going in. Um, but Well, listen, offensively, I have to agree with you. They were at certain points last year in the season. Clemson was painful to watch offensively. And I think you have to have an offense – Oh, you can't win defense alone anymore. You got to at least be able to hold your own. I mean, you don't have to be Ohio State or USC's offense this year, but you've got to be able to move the ball. But I think that's going to improve. I think I think they have problems, and I I know they have problems at quarterback. You know, now he, that the kid that left was a five star. He didn't play like a five star there. He's up at Oregon State. Maybe being closer to home, he's a California guy. Turns his fortunes, changes scenery. And I think now they were going back and forth last year. They they took him out. They put the other kid in. I think they're kind of more set at quarterback, and I think they'll still play really good defense. We'll have to see. My conference pest also doubles as uh, my one of my surprises for this year. Emil, I loved 
what Duke did last year. I think Duke's bringing back a really good football team. I think Duke's going to be a pest. Amo, I dare say Duke could be a double-digit win team this year. They well, could- I'll tell you what. You're going to make me look foolish, and, and I, I know you'll bring it up, so thank you. Because that first week of the season, Duke plays Clemson on, on a standalone Labor Day game. Yeah, so I'm getting a lot out of this. That's one of the big... Oh, you're getting a lot out of that. Let me tell you something. If Duke is a good football team, I'm going to be a fool in about two weeks. And if I'm not mistaken, that game is at home. It's a home game for Duke, if I'm if I'm not mistaken here. Let me just check on that really quick. Yes, it is a home game for Duke. So we're going to find out right front and center what Duke is bringing to the table and what Clemson looks like this year. And so, yeah, Duke's going to be my pest in the conference. Duke's going to be one of my um, surprises in college football this year. I don't know what the over or under is for Duke. Perhaps we can get that looked up. Um, I like the over, whatever it is, because no one has Duke at nine or ten wins. No, just, no, no, no. I know that. I remember I, I saw a list today through the nine. There, no. If you if, put it this way, if you think they can win nine games, you're safe on the over. That, yes, that's, ab- absolutely. So if you're of mind to go and lay some nickels down on those. So let's, real quick for people jumping in here, the two chumps, formerly the Gridiron Stud Show, have given you the Pac-12 winner. We both like USC so far. Chad and I are through the ACC. Chad's got Florida State. I've got Clemson, so we don't we don't agree on those those two teams. And now I guess we can do the Big 12. We can slide on over to the Big 12. Emil, I want to just take an interlude here. I'm on the plane. Um, and just to let people know, I did take my first trip out to Hawaii for a vacation with my wife recently. And so it's uh it's you know, you're five hours on the plane back home from Hawaii to Los Angeles, and then from Los Angeles to Miami, that's another five hours, so to speak. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. And after reading an article in the USA Today about college football and the all of the movement that's been happening, I said, you know what, let me just do this exercise off the top of my head. Can I lay out all of the teams from um, these conferences? I struggled struggled mightily outside of the SEC. Um, And and I'm talking about the conferences as they are going to be, not currently. I I had a hard time, Abel. It's it's hard. And and, and again, you and I follow this pretty closely, but you're to the point now there's so much movement. You almost have to be a junkie, like one of these people that is just – You have to be on it. Yeah, you definitely have to be on football because if if you like other sports, you can't keep track of it. I couldn't, I couldn't put together the whole Big Twelve without going and trying to find stuff and look up stuff um, in my phone to put the Big Twelve together. So, um, with that being said, Amol, this might surprise some people, or maybe not. I think the big dog in this conference is going to be the same big dog that it was last year. Everyone's ready to write TCU off because they think it was a one and done fluke, um, and some guys have left. I'm not going to do that. I think TCU's got something here. Um, I think they've got a solid football team. And I have them atop this conference. Now, who's going to, you know, be the pest for them? Uh, I see improved years for Texas and Oklahoma, and we can debate that. Uh, you know, o- Oklahoma had a tough season last year. Well, let me interject here because this will be a good discussion. I I see this conference way different than you. The other one we probably see similar. I mean, I, I would assume you 
you know, you like Florida State, you don't think Clemson's going to be horrible. I, I actually think TCU is going to be a surprise in the wrong direction this year. I think they're going to fall off a little bit. I don't mean they're going to be a losing football team, but I think they lived a charmed life last year and they had some veteran players on that team. They won a lot of games in the last minute. You know, I mean, if they were if they were 12 and all going into those playoffs, I think they had four or five wins. It came down to field goals, missed field goals, blocked field goals. And, and, and those things, as you know, it's it's like it's like one run games in baseball. If you have the first half of a season and you go 15 and two. Typically, there's a reason you win one run game. Sure, because you have a good bullpen, but you don't win 15 out of 17 without a little bit of good fortune. I think they're going to regress and lose a few of those games and maybe find themselves in like an eight and four, nine and three situation against my better sense of judgment. I'm going to pick the, the Texas Longhorns to finally break through and win. the Big Well, Sports. you shouldn't have to swallow hard on that. Cause uh, you know, my thought process is a TCU battling Texas for supremacy in this. So, you, so you, you see Texas being yes. Okay. My, my thing is I think the team that wins this conference is is at least a two loss team, not in the conference per se. Like I think Texas is 10 and two, nine and three. I don't have, cause I don't think you're going to get a playoff team out of this conference this year. I think. No, I, I think maybe at the top things have kind of spread out a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, and so Kansas, Kansas state, those types of teams are pests. Iowa state, they're pests. And when I say pest, people need to understand this. It doesn't necessarily mean that that team is going to beat you on that day. But if an Iowa State or a Kansas or a Kansas State is a game that you have right before you face Texas or TCU or Oklahoma, yes. you're, you either lose a player, you wear yourself out, or something that causes you to not be at your best that next I time. remove Kansas State. They're not eligible to be considered a pest in my mind because – The success that they've had. They've been successful for the last decade, generally speaking. Iowa State's my pest in this conference. I think, yeah, and there's you, no way around that, though. I think you know. Yeah, when you play them in in Iowa, yeah, that's a tough game. I mean, they've taken out people there. They've taken teams down to the wire. They've won games there. They're, they're well. They they're a well coached team. What they lack in talent, I think the coaching staff makes up for. They're a team, like you said. I don't want to play them in Iowa before a big game because. That's a game I can lose. Yeah, I think that's a give me. I really wanted to say Kansas, but I think Kansas just caught lightning in a bottle. And, and I think you and I, just by your earlier comments, I I know you you, you were higher last year on the coaching there. I, I'm not sold on Oklahoma, and I know they're bringing in players there. Mm -hmm. I know they still recruit. Until I see it translate to the field, I, I didn't like. I know it was a first year thing last year. I get it, but I'm going to stop by that. Yeah, Pardon I'm going to stick by that. I see Oklahoma eight and four, maybe even nine and three. I okay, think, but I, I think and maybe that's that. the case. If you're saying eight and four, I can see that. But I don't think Oklahoma this year is returning to glory what they were before. You know, before Riley left, I think Oklahoma's got a way, ways to go. They were six and six last year, right? Something like that. Yes, and and listen, Emil, you can't have both of those juggernauts returning to glory one's going to return maybe and the other one maybe not so much you're just not going to have oklahoma and texas return that's just no and i like you know here's the thing i'm still not sold on sark as a head coach but i like the quarterback situation at texas i do like that kid i think he's a 
has the potential to be a really, really good player. Yes. Um, you know, and perhaps they win if he, you know, perhaps they beat Alabama last year. Right. And I don't like to go into Alabama, but I like that it's early. They get that out of the way. They find out what they're all about. And I think, you know, from there, win or lose, I think they're still going to have a good season. I think Oklahoma's got a little bit more ground to make up. Um, the quarterback situation needs to be stabilized there. They, they had a lot go wrong last year. So for me, but no, I could see eight and four for Oklahoma. I don't mean, you know, I just don't think they're going to be 10 and two. All right, so you say Texas, I say TCU remains in that top spot. We'll see Correct. how all that shakes out. Um, I'm not sure what's happening in that early part of the conference. I can take, I can, in terms of games, I'm looking at it right now, Texas opens up with Rice. Um, TCU's got that big Colorado game that they've got to jump into. And, you know, nothing really big in that early going there to say, hey, I was dead wrong within the first two weeks. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm the biggest guy right now is out on a limb since you mentioned Duke is me standing there watching Clemson play on Labor Day. So we'll see. Hopefully I'm not on that limb and it breaks. Let's hit the big 10. You know, we got to save the SEC for last. You're based on. Of course. On, so. It's God's know, go, conference, isn't it not? I'll go first on the big 10. I'm, I'm going to flat out say. I, I like, I got two things in this con. Two, three things I want to say. I like Michigan to win the conference. Um, I like the direction, even though, you know, it's nice that they self-imposed the ban on Jim Harbaugh. You can't coach the Bowling Green, East Carolina, and UNLV games. Congratulations. I don't even know if you need to do that kind of stuff anymore. I'm, I, I, yeah. I kind of don't agree with them doing it, but whatever. Listen, I can show up with a whistle in the Michigan hat that he wears. And they're winning those games big. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if they opened up the year with a big game in, you know, uh, let's say Jerry's world against USC, none of this would be happening. Correct. Which, by the way, that'll be a conference game next year. Get used to that. But yeah. anyway, Mich I got Michigan. I like the way they developed their team. They're they're in the Harbaugh mold now of what, what he did at other places with Stanford and in the NFL. They're physical. And they've really beaten the hell out of Ohio State the last couple of years physically. Mm. So I like them. I think they're big challenges here. And hear me out. I think it's Penn State. I I, I actually what? think stop. I think presses. This guy has never been. On I think Penn, Penn State, State is bringing back a very talented team. And if the quarterback is what they say he is, five star, played last year as a freshman, and off and on. I think Penn State has Michigan at home where they always play them tougher. Mm. And, for, and, and one of my surprises this year is I don't think Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. I think they'll be a nine-win team. I don't think they're going to fall off the map. Support but I, this. Support this with something, please. I, I just don't like – listen, I'm not a huge Ryan Day fan. I don't – I mean, he gets – he's always going to get guys at Ohio State – they, they handed him a machine when Urban Meyer left, and I'm really not seeing it. I know they took George down to the wire, but they still lost. They didn't win. Great. Congratulations. So is, it, is, it, is it that he lost to Georgia, lost a, a championship game, and that he can't beat a very damn good coach in Jim Harbaugh? Is that right. what it and is? And the rest of their schedule, they can, listen, we both know this, and the big separator from college and pro football and it's like I always say, if you just want to watch a great game with two good teams, college football on any Saturday, with, if you get the right game, is great to watch. The NFL is better to follow because on any given Sunday, somebody can beat somebody. There are no 
the worst team in the NFL on a Sunday, if things break the right way, can win a game. Sure, certainly. In college, I know this year Ohio State's running through that tunnel. They got eight wins before they start, okay, because they're just going to have better players. I just don't think they're going to beat Michigan. And I also could see Penn State knocking them off. I, I really could. You, Amo Calamino, right now are telling me you can see Penn State going into the horseshoe and beating Ohio State? Is that what you're saying? I'm telling you, I could see it. And I'll tell you something else. You know, you can make fun of me because you, you know I'm not – obviously I've never been somebody that's sat here and told you – I love Penn State, even made reference to it. But if you, if you really start looking at Ohio State's schedule, right? I'm wondering last, if one of the locals there in Pennsylvania took you in an alley. You think they tipped me or something and said, hey, come on, say something nice about the Nittany Lions. I looked at Ohio State last year. Okay, now granted, it was the first game of the year. They were home with Notre Dame. That game, Notre Dame took them, took them to the mat. That game was a 21-10 game. Ohio State scored late to open it up. They have to make a trip, the, the fourth game of the year, to Notre Dame. They open up on the road at Indiana. Um, they're at Michigan to end the year. They're at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always a pain in the ass. Um, I, I, I'm just telling you, that's my surprise this year in the Big Ten. I think they're going to surprise negatively, and I actually think Nebraska is going to surprise positively. Now, does that mean I think Nebraska is going to be Tom Osborne in Nebraska? No, but I think they're going to be a 7-5 and five team. Nebraska. Yes. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I would agree with you there. I, you know, I thought Nebraska would do better than they did last year, but I also see them as a seven and five, but Emil, um, I hear all that that you're saying to me, this thing still comes down to the same old, same old it's Ohio state and it's Michigan. Penn state will find a way to disappoint their faithful and anyone else like a Amo Calamino who thinks they are, uh, have a legitimate shot here is that's just seems to be the MO for Penn state. I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid, um, I, they don't beat Ohio state and Michigan. That's just not what they do. And until they show me otherwise, damn it, I am going to stick with that. So I think it does come down to Ohio state and Michigan. And what it really just boils down to for me is what are the, what are the records going to be for these two teams when they clash with each other? Is Ohio state going to survive that game at Notre Dame and come in undefeated, uh, with against a Michigan team who could be undefeated. And then you know, the but I don't think you have to worry about that. I think if you pick the, if you're saying that, I think if who, who do you think wins the game? Because that's probably who wins the conference. Right, and I think that's the only thing that's up in the ear here. I think it's Michigan. I think uh, I would agree with you. Michigan is moving in that right direction. This is what Jim Harbaugh envisioned. I think this is what the powers that be at Michigan envisioned when they hired Jim Harbaugh. It maybe took a little bit longer than uh, some of these new generation folks expected it to be. It took about as long as I think it needed to take for it to be sustaining. Um, you don't want that overnight success. I've seen it happen quite a bit. So a guy comes in and he turns seemingly turns the program around in one or two years. He's 11 and one. He's in the And then that guy's either gone or the fans can't take the fact that he's gone eight and four the next year. I think this ascent has gone the way that it needed to go. And I think Michigan's going to be a problem for quite some time, so long as Jim. And there's a lot of Michigan fans who won't admit to this. They wanted him fired. Oh, yeah. They're going to run from that yeah. now. They're going to hide. They wanted gonna... him fired. And here's the thing. I always ask any fan, when you want to fire your coach. Who are you bringing? That's right. Yeah, you bring bringing Brady Hoke back. You're bringing Rich Rod back. That's right. And, and you know, coach who... Michigan? Pardon me? Who can coach Michigan? You know what I mean? 
takes a certain kind of person. No, and you know, years ago, you'd say that to me when I wanted to get rid of Clay Helton. And the truth of it is, let's be honest, I never saw it. I mean, we talked to you and I did shows about that when that whole thing was going, who's USC going to hire? We never said Lincoln Riley. We didn't think he, you know. That wasn't Harbaugh. even a possibility, but anything's possible in college football. Yeah, now. but I'm saying so. Yeah, Harbaugh did the right. They did the right thing. I give you know you have to applaud when you see it. I think they did the right thing at Michigan, and they're being rewarded for their patience. Sure. Um, so I've got Michigan winning this thing. It's a battle, Michigan State and Ohio. I have Michigan winning it. My pest in this conference, Amel. I was going to say Illinois, but Illinois was a top of their division last year. So I kind of can't. I think you could still consider them a pest because, again, they were not. I would pick them, but I'm going to go a little bit more off the charts and say a Maryland. Uh, I see Maryland as a seven and five football team. And sure, are they going to come anywhere close to being, uh, uh, you know, a division champ? No, but they're a pain in the ass team that if you don't come in there with your head on straight, Penn State. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, and, you know, it's funny you say that. I have Illinois as my pest that you, you know, you you say for Penn State going, you know, with Maryland. And, and I could see Maryland where you're going there. And I think Illinois is my pest. And again, I say Penn State because they get Illinois week three at Illinois. And, you know, that could be a problem if they're not ready to play. Yeah, I don't know what your over under is out there for Illinois. I would take the over, though. I think that, you know, maybe there's some folks out there thinking that they're a fluke. I don't agree with that. And I think uh, Illinois will be good once again. Um, Brett Bielema is a good coach. He yeah, showed he is. He's a good year. coach. I, I have them as like, I think Illinois is an eight-win team to me. They're an eight-and-four team. Yeah. Uh, eight and four. I can see as much as nine and three. Man. I mean, they open up with with Toledo and Kansas. And yeah, I know Kansas is on the road, but there's there's two very winnable games they should have when they get home against Penn state. And that, that could be the difference. The Penn state game could either launch them into a special season where they win 10 games or 11 games or put them in that eight and four category if they lose the game. But I think they're going to be a good team in Maryland. I could see where you're going there. They, I saw that game last year. They played very tough against Michigan. They did. Um, And just a couple of mistakes here and there sent it the other direction. All right. So that's it for the big 10. And now Amel drum roll, on to the conference of all conferences, the one who's probably led to all of these changes that are being made one way or another, directly or indirectly, it is the SEC. Amol, um, let's not fool ourselves. This There's a changing of the guard here. It's Georgia. Got Georgia winning this conference. They're, they have a laughable schedule. Their Western Division team that they are going to play this year is Auburn, who I expect not a whole hell of a lot from. The 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 East, while you're getting teams that are getting better, they don't have a real challenger uh, in the SEC East right now. So, you know, I to really- me, Georgia only has one game that they could possibly. And, and I say possibly lose. What Just game would that be? The, maybe the Tennessee game. And that I say perhaps. Yes, perhaps. that's about it. I mean, so I'm going to walk through this thing. South Carolina was improved last year, but I don't think they're they have what it takes i'm not sold there seven and five i think for me with south carolina the thing i want to talk about in this conference is amel all good things come to an end and while i would say like clemson this program's not going to fall off the cliff they're just too good at the head coach position for that to happen think we're going to continue to watch the gradual very gradual decline of alabama here i would not be surprised amel if alabama lost 
two or three games this year. Um, that's not something that would really surprise me. They're facing increased competition in that West. Ole Miss continues to be a problem, a tough game for them to get by, even when they win it. LSU showed to be a big problem. I expect Texas A&M to come back and battle back from what they were last year. Arkansas, who is my pest in this conference this year, can be a real problem. There are just too many pitfalls and problems. Here's what's funny for me, and I'll tell you this. You and I, the ACC and the SEC, I have a feeling I know where you're going with the SEC. Uh, The same way you don't like Clemson, I have Alabama winning the conference this year. I have them beating Georgia in that championship game. You're crazy. Okay, I'm crazy. I – I think I think if you look at Alabama's the games that would be problematic are all at home. Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU in a row, but all at Alabama. Yeah, they have a road trip to AM. I think they'll lose a game. I don't think they'll be an undefeated Western Conference champion. Uh but I think I think they'll lose a game. So for me, uh I'm gonna go with Alabama to win the conference. Upset Georgia in the championship game. Well, I guess. I guess you're <laughs> I guess you're trying to be what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh provide some kind of listen, Emil, Texas, that's a problem. Um, Ole Miss, even though that game's at home, that's gonna be a problem. Going to Texas AM, gonna be a problem. Emil, I would not be surprised if off a Texas AM game on the road and prior to facing a Tennessee. They lose to Arkansas at home. Wouldn't that just be crazy? Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, back to back to back. That's a pain. You've got LSU who's surging. Yeah, okay, they'll be highly motivated for an LSU. But is that going to be enough? Uh, Amal, I see too many pitfalls here. I I vehemently disagree with you here. Um, I've just seen things out of Nick Saban that is saying he's closer to retirement um, just about every year. Amen. So you're going Georgia to win the conference then? I'm going Georgia to win this conference. And Arkansas is your pest? I'm going with Arkansas as my pest. I'm going with Georgia to face Arkansas in the championship game. How about wow. you like them apples? Wow. Yeah, I'm crazy. You are crazy. I'm crazy I, like that. I think, quarterback. Be, I think Ole Miss is going to be a pest Uh, just because – Kiffin, Kiffin's a, turned out to be a pretty good coach, and they scored. You know, they they could score. So if you're not ready to play, they'll they'll put they'll hang a lot of points up on you. And, yep, and they'll run you all up and down the field, and they'll make you question your ability to to play defense. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So let let, let me recap what the chumps have here. ACC. I'm going right down the list here. Chad's got Florida State. I got Clemson. Big Twelve. Chad's got TCU. I got Texas. We both agree on Michigan to win the Big Ten. Uh, the Pac-12, we both agree on USC. The SEC, I'm calling for Alabama over Georgia in an upset in the championship game. It sounds funny to say Alabama upset, but it's true. Chad's got the chalk with Georgia. So, Amo, hey, well, before we cut out of here, though, give me your four. Give me your four playoff participants. That's what I was going to do. I was gonna give my four playoff teams. Okay, I have Michigan as the number one seed. Alabama is the number two because they beat Georgia. Georgia as the number three because they, they I have them undefeated losing to Alabama. And USC as the number four. Then in the semifinals, I've got Michigan beating USC, a preview of future matchups in the Big Ten. 
I've got Georgia flipping the script, as seems to happen when these SEC teams play each other, hmm. beating Alabama. Okay, so I got a championship game of Michigan and Georgia, but but Harbaugh learns his lessons well, and I'm calling for a Michigan upset. Michigan hoist the trophy. National champs, huh? National champs. All right. Um, I didn't go that deep, but I'll do this right here quickly in front of you. And while I'm doing this, I want you to tell me what you think Notre Dame's record's going to be this okay. year. Um, I've got the four teams as being Georgia, USC, and both Ohio State and Michigan. I think Ohio State and Michigan make it to that final game undefeated. Okay. And one team comes out undefeated still, the other team with one loss. So they both get in, and we for we somehow don't have two SEC teams this year. So that would put Georgia's number one and Ohio State is number four. So that's your that's your first game there. Okay. Uh, Georgia to win that. USC and Michigan as your two and three. I've got Michigan winning that. And then it's Georgia and Michigan again. And Amel, I'm on the Georgia train. Um, I've got Georgia winning it in a very, very close game. Michigan could very well pull the upset. But as it stands on this day in August, I like Georgia to win yet again, Amel. This may, maybe it's just me saying that, you know, I'm not sure that's great for college football. I, I can't argue with you. I just I have, I have a gut feeling sometimes when things are that easy, they don't end up being. Maybe you're just right. Maybe this is just that easy. You want me to give you Notre Dame's record? Yeah. I say nine and three, Emil. And while you're thinking that up, I have this thought. I want the powers that be, if there still are any in college football, to force Notre Dame into a conference all of this moving around and they're sitting there feeling good about themselves because every year, the moment they show any kind of strength of any kind, people are ready to try and figure out ways to get them into the conference playoff. And in my mind, if I'm going to say to Notre Dame, you guys lose a game, you guys lose a game. You're not forget about being in the playoffs. There's it's a lot of potholes chat on this schedule for them. Potentially. I mean, they open with Navy and Tennessee state. Sure. They won't really know much about their team. And then they go week three at NC State. That's a tough game. NC State's got some talent. Then they play Central Michigan before they play Ohio State. That's a potential. Then they got two teams that you and I picked as our pests in the ACC at Duke, at Louisville, before they play USC, Pitt, and Clemson. Clemson on the road. I mean, eight and four. You say eight and four. I say nine and three. But what do you think of what I just said there? Tell them uh, you guys lose a game. You're not in it. Well, you get in the, the conference. There's, there's no listen. They don't have to play a championship game by design. So you shouldn't be allowed to sit home that weekend and improve your position for a playoff. I don't want to hear anything about Notre Dame being anywhere close to being considered for a college football playoff if they have two losses. Hundred percent. Maybe I'm off my rocker, but one loss should really put you in super jeopardy. But two, you guys are out. I don't want to hear anything oh. about Notre Dame. All this movement and those guys are sitting off on an island being cool. No way. I don't like it. No, I'm with you. No, I think I think they've listen. I'm hoping as this expands, Notre Dame's a natural fit for the Big Ten. And now they're really a natural fit because one of their natural rivals, USC, is in the conference. So yeah. it, it would be really cool to get them into the Big Ten. And I like that this 12 team playoff because there's going to be you know, now you have a shot because there's going to be, if, if we're all playing each other, you're going to have two and three lost teams that are excellent. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you there. I can't leave without doing this for a, a good amount of our viewers. 
What do I think about my alma mater? And then what do I think about Florida? Because, you know, a lot of people that watch sure. this show. Um, first of all, Miami. Listen, I believe in what's going on down there at Miami. I believe in in the changes that have been made. I believe in the head coach, uh, Mario Cristobal. And similar to what I was talking about with Jim Harbaugh, this thing's not going to happen overnight. So I'm not expecting a whole lot out of my school this year in terms of, oh, we're back. Six and six, I could see something like that, maybe yes. seven and five. I'm not expecting big things. If it does happen, obviously, I'll be very, very happy. Florida, I think Florida's a losing football team this year. I think that program's in a slow decline. There's a lot of things happening in the conference, and it doesn't include Florida. Tennessee is a problem. Ken, uh, Kentucky is up and coming. The Vanderbilt game's not easy anymore. Missouri's a problem for you. South Carolina's fighting back. Um, a lot of things are moving fast. And Florida is not one of them in that conference. People could call me a hater. That's how I see it. By no, I mean, they recruit against they recruit against the SEC and Florida State. And, you know, it's, it, it's harder to recruit. And I think just like you said, a lot of things are moving against them right now. I agree with you. Yeah, I got them at five and seven. So, yeah, I think Miami is going to be a winning team. Just not a really I think they'll be seven or five. Yeah. So we agree on that. All right. That's it. That is the. We're wrapping up the first edition of the Two Chumps podcast, and I'm happy that you guys have joined in here with us. Feel free to hit subscribe. Now, this is going to appear on Gridiron Studs. First uh, couple of shows here are going to appear on the Gridiron Studs show, and then we're going to break off and have our own podcast. So, yes, follow and subscribe to the Gridiron Studs show because you want to know uh, when we put out another podcast like this one, which would be next week, we got to do our NFL preview show. That's coming up, but we are going to eventually break off onto our. And we week. won't be chumps when we give our weekly picks because we will not. Picks. We have definitely been mighty then. Um, we'll, maybe we turn chumps into a good word. But um, yes, thank you guys for watching. We've got to run. We'll see you guys next week with an NFL preview. Thanks for watching Two Chumps Podcast. See you guys next week.